Welcome to the Lost Tapes of History podcast. You're about to eavesdrop on the first few minutes of a private conversation between one of England's monarchs and, frankly, someone just trying to do their job. The date is March 1542. Henry's fifth wife, Catherine Howard, has been beheaded and Henry has been advised to go and see a therapist to help him with his issues before he marries again. I know for a fact that that advisor has since been sacked, and when I say sacked, I mean beheaded. your majesty good morning you're a doctor are you sort of i'm a doctor of psychology my name's dr emily fry do i call you henry no fair enough are you comfortable there or shall i wheel you over to the window here is perfectly adequate great well i thought it might be useful to start with um madam I have called this meeting, have I not? Well, yes. Which means that it shall go the way I wish it to. Um... I don't trust doctors, and I don't wish to be manipulated into something I have no wish to do. Okay, quick question. Do you know what kind of therapy I specialise in? Bloodletting? Only if it gets violent. No. I specialise in trust therapy. Trust therapy? No. That's a whole other type of therapy. I do sometimes have challenges in that area. No. Trust therapy is useful for people who have problems trusting others. (laughs) Does that sound familiar? No. I've got a list here. Let's see if any of these ring true with you. Pet. Anyway, number one, you feel betrayed by people even when there's no evidence. What do you think about that? Tell me about your first wife, Catherine Aragon. When she married my brother, Arthur, I took her down the aisle. Well, that's more than Arthur managed. What happened to Catherine? I married her when he died. Everyone advised me against it, but I was adamant. I know my own mind. And you had a daughter together, didn't you? Mary, strange girl, treats her old padre very poorly, I must say. How so? She wouldn't swear the oath that my marriage to Catherine was unlawful. I see. I kept asking her time and time again. Well, my men asked her time and time again. Why didn't you do it yourself? They're better at threatening than I am. I somehow doubt that. Although... I did hear that they'd be prepared to beat her head against the wall so violently that it would go as soft as baked apples. Didn't work, though. And how was your relationship with Catherine? 
How did you treat her? I'm sure I don't know what you refer to. It says here that when she had a miscarriage, you taunted her and paraded your illegitimate son in front of her. That wasn't very nice, was it? Ah. And then, when you decided that your marriage was over, you reduced her to tears. It wasn't that bad. You told her you'd been living in mortal sin all the time you'd been together. Who have you been talking to? And then, when you got married again, she didn't find out from you. She found out through someone else. Her invitation must have got lost in the post. All I'm saying is that Catherine didn't do anything wrong, and yet you treated her as though she'd betrayed you. She did betray me. She didn't give me a son. We were cursed. The gender of children isn't governed by... Oh, never mind. Too late now. Number two. You trust people too quickly that you shouldn't trust at all. There's a lot of people in that category. If I had to write a list of all the people I don't trust, the French king would be first. No, the Pope. He'd be at the top. Shouldn't have trusted either of them. Both out for themselves. Well, of course they are. The Duke of Norfolk said I was so troubled in my brain that I didn't trust anyone alive. And you know, he's right. Well, I'm putting a tick against that one then. Number three. You've learnt that people can use your feelings against you so you become guarded. Starts with W. Ends with a Y. Woolsey. Woolsey. Yes, he was my friend, even though he was a good twenty years older. You were close? I shared my innermost thoughts with that man. We linked arms and strolled together in the garden. I even wrote his letters myself instead of dictating them. So you appointed him Lord Chancellor. Then what happened? Had him arrested. He was charged with illegally bringing papal jurisdiction into England. I'm not even going to pretend I know what that means. Did he plead guilty? To his credit, he did. And, in return, I sent him a ruby ring. I told him I wasn't angry with him in my heart. And yet you stripped him of Hampton Court. Number four. Innocent mistakes are blown up out of all proportion. <clears throat> Berlin. Excuse me. I think I've got a cough coming on. I think she was the love of your life, even if you don't want to admit it. That's why it hurts so much. It hurt her more than it hurt me. Not necessarily. No, I mean literally, with the sword and the beheading and everything. I get the impression she was different from other women. Self-confident, outspoken, intelligent, and equal in fact. She very nearly would have been. 
I experimented with the idea of a joint coronation. Power for us both as co-rulers. But I decided against it at the last minute. How did it all go wrong? She was too outspoken, too intelligent. Couldn't just let things be. I'm in charge after all. I'm the king. You accused her of having multiple lovers, including her own brother, George. I'm not proud of it. The trouble with putting women on a pedestal, Your Majesty, is that they are likely to fall off at some point. What are you talking about? Women sit on chairs. They're not performing monkeys or parrots. It's a metaphorical pedestal. I don't care what shape it is. No, I meant... Can we continue? <sighs> Number five. You finally trust someone and then you lose them. You vow never to trust again. Uh, my darling Jane Seymour. Tell me about her. I met her while I was still married to Anne. She was a young woman of 26. Not a beauty, but gentle and mild-mannered. We married two weeks after Anne's death. You didn't hang about then? I wanted a son. I wasn't getting any younger. Did you love Jane? She gave me my beloved son, Edward. For that, I will always be thankful. That wasn't what I asked. You told her to stop interfering. To remember that the last queen died in consequence of meddling. I thought it worth stating. Anyway, she died 12 days after Edward was born. I was grief-stricken for a long time. Will you say that? <laughs> I don't like being on my own for too long. Besides... I needed to find a new mother for my little Edward. Hmm. Six. You may be seen as impossible to please or unforgiving. Where do we start? Thomas More, Thomas Cromwell, the entire church? Cromwell put an English Bible into circulation without my explicit approval. And yet, that wasn't what he was arrested for, was it? No. No. He was arrested for arranging the marriage with wife number four. Seems another slight overreaction when I'm sure he was just following your orders. But then people seem to get in trouble whether they follow your orders or not, don't they? You're talking about the dissolution of the monasteries, aren't you? Yes. Particularly... Your treatment of the abbots of Colchester, Reading and Glastonbury. I was perfectly justified in executing them. Have you ever been to Glastonbury? No, it's not my kind of thing. I hate camping. Number seven. Because you can't share your real self with others, you feel lonely and have few close friends. I have friends. Like who? 
Charles Brandon, my brother-in-law. You weren't happy with your best mate marrying your sister, though, were you? Well, no. Not at first. What about your fourth wife, Anne Cleves? Aren't you friends now? Ah, uh, my beloved sister, for that is what I call her. She's an honorary member of your family. Yes, as thanks for not contesting the annulment, I gave her a generous settlement. Richmond Palace, Hever Castle... I said she should be given precedence over all women in England. Save for my own wife and daughters, obviously. Sounds like you two get on rather well. Maybe you have a problem trusting wives, not women. Number eight. Your lack of trust can involve at times into full-blown paranoia. Who told you that? Who's been talking about me? Tick. Let me give you an example. When you went to France looking for a bride, you suggested they hold a beauty parade. Get women to line up so you could look them over. That's a great idea. When the French ambassador objected and suggested that someone else interviewed them in private, you said, by God, I trust no one but myself. Correct? That's because that idiot, Cromwell, Married me off to a woman that was damned ugly. But you also encourage your spies to intercept courtiers' private letters, don't you? How did you know about that? My God, who are you? Who are you in league with? The devil? I knew it. I most definitely am not in league with the devil. He's not answering my calls. They warned me about you. They said she'll do this exercise where you close your eyes and fall backwards, then she'll catch you. I wouldn't bank on it. I don't have the upper body strength, or the lower body strength for that matter. Do you want to move on to number nine? If we must. Number nine. Your relationships with others are shallow and non-threatening. Now, I think this describes Catherine Howard perfectly. What? Shallow and non-threatening? Well, you didn't marry her for her brain or personality, did you? How old was she? Seventeen, something like that. And you were? Forty-nine. Is there a problem? You married someone younger than your daughter. Mary was twenty-four. They were about the same age. I thought they'd bond like sisters. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. Oh. Do you think maybe you should marry someone a bit older next time? Someone that's already been a wife, who knows what it's like? Someone that would be a good stepmother? I'll think about it. Good. Okay, last one. Number ten. You suffer from depression because you feel isolated and trapped in a world that you don't want to be in. Oh, God. It's all so bleak. Not that bad. Who the hell are you? My mother? Whoa! Where did that come from? I am not talking about my mother. Well, that's the worst thing you can say to a therapist. It's like a red rag to a ball. I adored my mother. When she died, it tore me apart. 
I don't want to talk about it. She was a good mother then? She was the best mother anyone could have. She taught me to read and write and found my first mentor. She was an incredible woman. I will not have a word said against her. So this is what we call in therapy a breakthrough. Really? Yes. I'd ask you to lie on the couch and tell me more about your mother, but I think it'll collapse. Let's take a break, shall we? Next time, it's Edward VI and the solicitor. Don't sign anything. The Lost Tapes of History podcast is a Synth 79 production. If you've enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to get more episodes. To fact-check what you've heard on this monarch, visit our website, losttapesofhistory.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at Synth79P and use the hashtag Lost Tapes of History. 